we serve. I also talked about being fervent or desperate enough to get beyond every hindrance. We talked about having faith that refuses to listen to negative voices and negative thoughts. We also talked about the key of importunity or learning to cultivate persistent prayer. And, of course, in addition to that, we talked about adding tenacity to our faith because there are some situations and there are certain times of life that we're facing things like we are right now. We've got to put some tenacity along with the faith. And then as I closed out the Bible study, uh, I guess uh, a week and a half ago, I said uh, there is another important key that all of us need to employ in getting answers from God. And I just hit it and dropped it and left it, but I can't get away from it. And that is a key of having a good understanding of God's love. We need a good understanding of God's love. We live in a society and in a world that is plagued with identity crisis. You can walk down the streets, or we used to walk down the streets and could walk into a shopping mall. It was very easy to see there were people struggling with their identity. All over the world, places that I travel and go, it's easy for me to recognize that people have an identity crisis. They wonder who they are. They wonder, you know, uh, if, if they're supposed to be somebody else other than who they were born to be. They have so many conflicts within themselves. But we as the people of God need a sure identity of who God is to us. At the same time, we also need to recognize who we are in our relationship to God. It's a two-way street. It's not only for us to have an identity of who He is, and I'm glad that I know the mighty God in Christ. I'm glad that I know that Jesus Christ is the express image of the invisible God, that He is the first and the last. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the ending. Jesus Christ is He that was and is and is to come. He is the Almighty. And it is imperative, it is imperative that we know Him and that we understand this sure identity of who Jesus Christ really was and is. But we also need to recognize who that we are in our relationship to God. We need to know that our Heavenly Father will answer the prayers of His children because He truly loves us. I've talked with people that have needs and, and people sometimes that have been in church for years and they just don't believe that God will answer their prayers. What a pitiful place or position 
for anyone claiming to be a child of God to be in. I want to declare that God wants to answer the prayers of His children because He truly loves us. If Jesus Christ was moved with such deep compassion... Whenever he walked upon earth and saw great multitudes of people, that he would meet their needs, that he would feed their hungry bodies, that he would heal their sick ones then, how much more so do you believe he really wants to answer the prayers of his beloved children in our time? I've come to tell somebody tonight that's a key to you getting an answer from God. You need to understand who God is. And you need to understand that God loves you enough that He wants to answer your cry. Oh, yes. As the precious people of God, we truly need vivid understanding of His unfailing love for us. Furthermore, we should be very careful that we not frustrate ourselves to a point of trying to play God. I'm not God. You're not God. We are His people. We are His creation. But He alone is God. And I cannot be God. And I cannot play God. We need to recognize. We need to be careful that God alone is the one that can do certain things. We do our part and we must be fervent in prayer. However, only God can do what God alone can do. As one gospel song says, I can't take a heart that's broken and make it over again, but I know the one who can. The songwriter said, I can't take a soul that's sin-sick, wash it white as the snow, but, but I know the man who can. I can't walk upon the water. I can't calm the raging sea, but I know the one who can. I can't cause blind eyes to open or make the lame to walk again, but I know the man who can. Some call Him Savior, the Redeemer of all men, but I call Him Jesus. For He's my dearest friend. When you feel that no one loves you, and when you feel your life is out of hand, I know the man who can. Oh, we need to know Him tonight. And we need to know that He loves us enough that He will answer our prayers and that He hears our voice when we cry to Him. What I'm trying to tell you is that it's the work of God to unfold a rose. And we can trust Him to do it right. If we get our hands on the rosebud and we try to force the petals open, we'll have a ruined mess on our hand within a matter of time. But when God unfolds a rose, He does it right. He does it well. He knows exactly how to do it. It's very important for us that we meet the criteria. Yet we must remember that God has a divine purpose for our lives. And we also need to understand 
that God never makes a mistake. Someone said, well, sometimes he hasn't answered the way I wanted him to. That's true. There are times he hasn't answered the prayers away or in the timing that I wanted him to. But I serve a God who never makes a mistake. And I want my faith to be steadfast. We have to realize that God's way and God's timing are altogether important. In fact, the infallible Word of God tells us that the steps of a good man or of a good woman or of a good young person, are ordered of the Lord. But you know, we need to recognize that the stops of God's people are ordered by Him as well. We heard tremendous preaching this morning from the pastor. What a great message. What an inspiring and a challenging message to our hearts. But there are times things just get stopped. There are times that things just come to a standstill. But you got understand when you're a child of God that He loves His people enough that He not only orders our steps, but He orders our stops as well. Amen. I trust Him. I want to believe Him on certain occasions as we approach our Heavenly Father calling on the name of Jesus. The answer to our prayer won't be yes or no. At that precise moment, rather, we may simply have to wait upon the Lord. In fact, from Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31, we read, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not Paint. Oh, thank God. What a privilege it is for us as His children to wait upon our Father and to wait in it with our eyes in His direction, understanding that He knows exactly where we're at. In the 27th Psalm, verse number 14, we hear David say, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he will strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. But we're in too big a hurry. We've got to have it, and we've got to have it right now. When we pray, we want instant this because we've been used to having instant everything in life. But the word of the Lord says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. While we're waiting on Him, let Him strengthen your heart. Again, Jehovah God Himself spoke to His people in Old Testament times through the prophet Isaiah in chapter 43, saying, and I begin at the very first verse, Thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by name, thou art mine. And that, my friends, ought to be an eye-opener to all of God's children in this hour, in the midst of our dilemma 
as well. The Lord said, when you pass through the waters, I'm going to be with you. And he said, when you go through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When you walk through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame, the fire, the flame kindle upon thee. Oh, what wonderful promises from the word of the Lord. In verse number 3, he went on to say, I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. I want everybody that's listening tonight, I want you to know that Jehovah God brought the Egyptians to their knees and turned an entire kingdom upside down for his people. If he would do it yesteryear, he will do it this year. If he did it in the past, he's able to do it again. He said, you are mine. I will do it. In the fourth verse of chapter 43, he said, and I paraphrase, because you're precious to me, and I honor, and because I honor and love you so much, I'll give men in return for you and other peoples in exchange for your life. Oh, I know he was talking to his people of Old Testament times as far as the direct connotation. But you keep reading and you'll get to where you are in the chapter. And I'll get to where I am in the chapter. What he's saying is that because we're precious to him, then he's going to do whatever he has to do to take care of his own. That ought to cause you to rejoice, to know you're not by yourself and you're not alone in the midst of your challenge or your dilemma. But you have a father whose ear is open to the cry of his children. He said in verse number 5, Fear not, for I am with thee. He said, I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, Give up. And to the south, Keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. And then notice verse 7. Even everyone that's called by my name, that's where you come in. And that's where I come in. Everyone, he said, that's called by my name. For I have created him for my glory. Yea, I have made him Oh, we need a sure identity. We need to understand who He is. But we also need to know who we are. We need to know we are the children of the living God. And that His ear is open to our voice. He wants to hear our cry. He wants to answer our prayers. What a wonderful privilege to be a child of the living God. A blessing and a benefit that I hope none of us will ever take for granted. We need to stop and consider our identity. When you get up in the morning, you are the child of God. When you live throughout the day, whether you are able to be outside 
or you are quarantined, you are the child of God. And when you go to bed at night, and there are times you cannot seem to get sleep to come to your eyes or your body, remind yourself, I am a child of God. Amen. It's a sure identity. He has given us a sure identity, and we need to hold on to it in every situation of life that we face. The songwriter said, he counts the stars one by one. He counts the stars, and he knows how much sand is on the shores. He sees every sparrow that falls. He made the mountains and the seas. He's in control of everything, of all creatures great and small. And then, I like this, he knows my name. He knows my name. Somebody needs to say it right now. He knows my name. You need to hear yourself say that Jesus knows your name. Hallelujah. Every step that I take, every move that I make, every tear that I cry, He knows my name. When I'm overwhelmed by the pain and can't see the light of day, I know I'll be just fine because He knows my name name. I'm telling somebody sitting in a vehicle tonight. I'm telling someone listening to a broadcast tonight. I'm telling someone who has been weighted down and burdened. He knows your name. You're a child of His. He knows you by name. And He wants to answer your cry. I talked with the Lord about so many things while I was in prayer even yesterday. But before I left the sanctuary to attend to other matters, my Heavenly Father had some things He wanted to talk to me about as well. You know, if we're not careful, we'll do all the talking. There are times we need to listen. There are times He wants to pray through us. You'll be praying and you shift from what you're praying about to what He wants you to pray about. And as you're praying, He'll open your understanding and He'll quicken things to your spirit that you need to be aware of. I believe as I was praying and talking with Him yesterday and spending time in fellowship with Him, He wanted to reassure me as His child That everything was under His control. It's under His control. Sometimes we don't have it under our control. And there are some of us, like David Smith, we're not very comfortable when it's not under our control. But if it's under His control, it's all right. And He assured me everything's under His control. He challenged me anew with the fact that He never fails. I can't say that about all my friends. I can't even say that about myself. Because there are times because of our humanity we fail. 
But our God never fails. I said he never fails. He never has. He never will. Because Jesus never fails. Words of the Lord found in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse number 27 have flooded my thoughts and soul many times over the past few days where we read, The eternal God is thy refuge. And underneath are His everlasting arms. Oh, what a wonderful consolation to every brother and sister listening to the ministry of the Word tonight. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Oh, hallelujah. When one's spirit and one's mind are restless, when we tend to to fret, it ought to be a wonderful consolation to us to know that our God has everlasting arms. When I was a boy, we used to sing it often. I, I supposed it was a relatively new song until I looked up the history of the song and realized it was written back in the 1880s. That's a while ago. Over 130 years ago. And uh, the songwriter simply said, leaning, leaning, leaning on those everlasting arms. The songwriter said those arms allow us to be safe and secure. And then one of the verses said, what a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine when I'm leaning on His everlasting arms. Oh, we need to do it, my, my brother, my sister, the children of God that I'm speaking to tonight. You need to do it. You need to learn to lean on those everlasting arms. Because when we do, there's nothing to dread. There's nothing to fear. We have blessed peace with the Lord so near when we're leaning on His everlasting arms. I remember some years ago, in fact, it was now more than 17 years ago, one of the young ladies in our church that I had dedicated to the Lord when she was a baby grew up all of her childhood and youthful years in the church, loved God, served God, Please God. And uh, she got married. And sometime later, she and her husband were expecting their first child. A young woman by then was about 25 years of age. And uh, we thought everything was all right until we received the phone call. And realized that Sister Missy was in deep waters. She was facing a very 
a very life-threatening scenario. Uh, the doctors took the baby, put the baby into the pick unit, but immediately the mother's body started shutting down. I mean shutting down. The lungs were shutting down. The kidneys were shutting down. The liver was shutting down. The heart was shutting down. And they were doing everything they knew how to do to save that mother's life. She was put into the ICU, of course. She was put on a ventilator. And, uh, I mean, bad went to worse. And worse went to worst. And uh, I, I remember that night in the hospital. In fact, there were several nights in the hospital. It was touch and go. Then on a Sunday morning, I'd spent the whole night at the hospital on Saturday night. I had prayed and sought God. I'd walk into that ICU. I'd stand with my back against the wall so as not to interfere with the large team of doctors and nurses and other medical professionals that were working on Melissa, but I would stand there and I would just breathe the name of Jesus. I would call on the name of Jesus until it was so pent up inside of me, I'd have to go out of the room. And, and I remember going out into those cement hallways, high ceilings. I think we were up on the fifth or the sixth floor of the medical center I remember going over to a corner where two concrete walls came together. And I put one hand on one wall. I put another hand on the other wall. And I began to pray. And I said, Jesus, for 25 years, I have brought this young woman before the throne of God. I dedicated her at an altar when she was a baby. She grew up in our Christian school. She graduated from our Christian school. She sang specials in our church. She sang in the choir. She's loved you with all of her life. Lord, even as my hands are against these walls tonight that are forming together here, I want you to know I'm putting my hands against the walls that are closing in on Sister Melissa tonight. I'm taking authority over every abnormality. I'm taking authority over all of the life-threatening things that are happening to her. Oh, the reports were negative, 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 negative. But I prayed and I claimed victory in the name of Jesus. By the next morning as I went to church... As soon as church was over, I was back at the hospital again. And when I got to the hospital, one of the head nurses said, uh, they're saying, and he knew me well, he said what they're saying is that uh, she's not going to make it. But if she makes it, she's going to have to have multiple organ transplants. Well, Melissa, growing up in the church all those years, she had an identity. She not only knew God, but God knew her. She couldn't pray for herself then, but there were those of us that could keep on praying for her. And we prayed. I remember going to, to the head nurse of the ICU unit, and I said, You know, Melissa had sung for years in that church choir. 
I knew I was asking for the impossible. But when you serve a God that uh, is able to do all things, I just went ahead anyway. I said, uh, I, I just would like to know if you would allow some of our choir members to come in this afternoon and just step into Melissa's unit. She was the only one in there for a patient, but many, many staff members working with her. The doctor had announced that morning early, I heard him. I was in the room when the doctor said, I've done everything I can. He looked at Melissa's mother. He said, I've done everything I can. He said, all I can tell you is your daughter is hanging by a thread. But he said, if you keep on doing what you can do. In other words, if you keep on praying. And if I keep on doing everything I can, we'll do everything possible to help bring us through what looks to be an impossible situation. When I talked to the nurse that afternoon, she shook her head and she said, oh, oh, no, Pastor, we couldn't allow that. We couldn't allow, you know, that number of people to go in the room uh, you know, her health is so fragile. I, I understand she's unconscious, but, but if she hears and if she senses, uh, you know, her whole system could shut down. And there was a nurse that had attended our church, uh, spoke up and said, you don't understand. You don't understand. This is what he said to that head nurse. You don't understand. This is all Melissa has known all of her life. All she knows is singing praises to God and calling on the name of Jesus. I just believe. And after all, we all know he said that she doesn't really have a chance. But I just believe if we'd let him go in, that something good could happen. And so the nurse said, it's against my better judgment. But I'm going to allow you to go in. And 35 of us walked into that ICU. And we lined the walls. As we began to sing those familiar choir songs, some of them that Melissa would sing the song parts on. They were watching at the nurse's station. They were reading the monitors and they said every one of her vitals went up when we began to sing and we began to call on the name of Jesus. You know why? Because we have a Father that knows us by name. You have a Father. I have a Father. Melissa had a Father that knows His children by name. He answered our prayers. What was the result? I'll tell you what the result was. Everything that had shut down came back on. It didn't happen all that day, but it began to turn around that very day. She never had to have an organ transplant. Seventeen years later, she's still living for God. She's a minister's wife. Her daughter that was born is about to graduate from high school. I'm telling somebody there is God, a heavenly father that loves his children so much. He wants to hear your cry and he desires to meet your every need. One testimony of so many. You've got your testimonies. Don't let them go. And don't ever think you've told it too many times to tell it again. Tell it anyway. Because when you do, you glorify God. 
You bring honor to the God and to the Father of all that loves His children so much. He delights in the praises of His people. Song that came to me yesterday in the sanctuary before I left to go to the office was simply this song that says, He'll keep me when storms are raging. He'll keep me when billows roll. For I know that He is with me. He's the anchor. He's the anchor of my soul. Sometimes human anchors may fail. But Jesus never fails. We have an anchor that keeps the soul, both sure and steadfast. What a wonderful, wonderful privilege it is. Every time we pray to use this key, knowing who he is and knowing who we are, to understand he wants to hear our cry. He wants to answer our prayer because He loves His children that much. What a wonderful privilege to be with you, to be in this parking lot service tonight, and to be speaking to people that are listening from other locations to this broadcast. I hope, I hope it will refresh your spirit to know You're not just waiting on the pastor's prayer. You're not just waiting on somebody else's prayer. God wants you to pray. He wants you to lift your voice and cry aloud. Call upon Him with confidence because you have been called by His name. He has put His Spirit within your life. And I promise somebody tonight, the doors are opening because of prayers that God's people have been praying. Keep praying the prayer of faith and keep believing that God is going to do exactly what He promised to do. May God bless all of you. Pastor Luper, amen. Praise God, amen. I'm going to pass this down to you. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord together right now. Let's give Him praise because He knows who we are. We need to know who we are. We are the children of God. Let's thank Him for it right now.
Just spend a few moments worshiping God right now. Lift up your voice and magnify the Lord right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm thankful He knows my name today. He knows where I'm at. He knows what I'm facing right now. Hallelujah, I trust Him today. I trust Him today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's still a miracle worker today. Amen. I was just thinking as Brother Brother Smith was preaching, you know, so so quickly we forget what God has done for us in the past. But I was thinking about Sister Gail. I went and asked Brother Steve. I think he told me 16 days she was in a coma. And she's sitting right over here in this vehicle right now. Amen. Amen. I look here at Brother David Dubose. I don't know how many days he was in the hospital over in Houston in intensive care. 
We went in there two or three times that they were expecting him to pass away at any moment. He's sitting right here in this car today. Brother Paul sitting over here. Months, months in the hospital, in the rehab, in the nursing home. Sitting right here in the car today. We... God's still a miracle worker. Amen. Brother Chris had a heart condition. Was in the hospital for days and days. Sitting over here in this vehicle today. Amen. On and on and on and on and on. Why do we want to think for one moment that God has forgotten about us now? He's still on the throne. And He's still a miracle working God. And what he done yesterday, he can do right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Thank you, Brother Smith. Thank you so much for the Word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for the Word of the Lord. He can just continue preaching on that subject. That's a good subject. Amen. We need to know that. And it's very important. That we always remember who we are. Amen. We got to know who he is. But don't ever forget who you are. You're a child of God. And when the devil tells you you're not. The devil's a bald faced lying. No good for nothing. Demon. Amen. Amen. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for being faithful to church tonight. And the Lord bless you. We're praying for you. Let's continue to pray for all of those who are sick and uh, not able to be with us today. And uh, pray for their families. And let's ask God to work miracles for us. And uh, looking for things to be better this week. And uh, things to start getting back on track. And uh, pray at God protecting everybody's jobs and We can all get back to normal. Lord bless you today. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.